Welcome to Daily Daf Differently, a Jcast Network podcast. This daily podcast invites you to join us to study the Daily Talmud page with a variety of liberal rabbis and teachers. For more information about Daily Daf Differently, please visit jcastnetwork.org slash ddd. For more information about the other Jcast Network podcasts and blogs, please visit jcastnetwork.org. Shalom and welcome to Daily Daf Differently. I'm Michael Bernstein, the rabbi of Congregation Gesher Latorah in Alpharetta, Georgia, and it is my honor and pleasure to lead us through the next seven dapim as we head down the homestretch in Eruvin. Today we'll be looking at Tzadi Chet, or Eruvin page 98. The Mishnah presents the image of a person sitting on their threshold, reading, Hayakore Besefer al Ha'iskupa. Now this Sefer, this book, is not a book the way we imagine it, a book that opens up with pages, but of course a scroll. And the issue is, the scroll being long, Nitgalgel rolls out into the next domain, Hasefer Miado, the scroll, one end is still in his hand, and now it says Golelo et slow, he may roll it back. And then we go on to discuss in the Gemara, first, whose position this might be, and other aspects of exactly what domain this iskupa is. We will also find out, in dealing with the fact that this is at first surmised to be Rabbi Shimon, that he holds that there are no shvut prohibitions, no rabbinic-imposed prohibitions, when there are situations of kitve kodesh, of holy writings. And this, of course, lets us know definitively that this is, in fact, holy writing. And so what he is reading on his threshold doesn't seem to just be any sefer, but a scroll which is holy in some way. And what will also come into play here is the question of how to treat these writings with kavod, with honor. So in some cases, when they roll into the domain, we may find ourselves having to turn them over so that the writing doesn't face the outside, perhaps in a place where other people can traipse by and cause them disrespect. The interplay between the questions that are raised looking at the book as an object, a long object that can occupy more than one domain on Shabbat, and looking at the book for its holy content is what makes the sugya what it is. And what's interesting is it's that interplay that leads to the most definitive statement the Talmud makes about its honor, which is that you cannot throw a scroll. We get there by looking at the shita, the approach of Abaye, fourth-generation Amura in Bavel, who's trying to understand what are the situations in the Mishnah. We could understand it, as we said, according to Rabbi Shimon, who holds this position of not imposing the rabbinic prohibitions, but we want to understand it as also possibly Rabbi Yehuda, who holds a stricter view. And so Abaye understands that this Carmelite, or that this escupa, this threshold, is a Carmelite, a rabbinic domain, neither fully a Rashuta Rabim, a public domain, or Rashuta Yachid, a private domain. 
The problem is that if it is a Carmelite that is a threshold, a person may still be in danger of carrying the scroll directly from the public domain to the private domain, and that is a Doraita prohibition, a Torah-based prohibition. So, in understanding Abaye's position, we have to understand how it is that a person could be imagined to retrieve the scroll and yet not carrying it either for a moat in the public domain or directly from that domain, the Rishut HaRabim, to the Rishut HaYachid. One way in which we understand this is that we could go with a position of Ben Azai, Mahalech Ka'omedami, that if the person walks from the public domain into the private domain and walks over the threshold, it's considered as if he stopped there. So there's an intermediary threshold. But Rabbi Yochanan tells us that even Ben Azai would be moda, that even Ben Azai would say that if you threw the scroll, if you happen to look at it while it's in the public domain and just threw it straight into the private domain, then it would not be considered to have stopped on the threshold. And that is where we come to that earth-shattering conclusion that said in the name of Ahabar Ahava that we must understand that ain mezarkin kitve hakodesh, that we are not allowed to throw holy scriptures. Because if we held otherwise, we might have to understand that there would be a danger in allowing the person to regather the scroll on the off chance that they might have they dropped it, have gone into the public domain and tossed it into the private domain. Now what's interesting here is that we got here because of the interplay of domains as opposed to what seems to be an obvious statement. You can't throw holy scriptures. But we got there nonetheless. What is also interesting is that all of this is necessitated because of what's written on a scroll, that a person is sitting on their threshold reading. Why are they on their threshold? Well, one of the reasons is, while we think of reading as something you would do in your private domain, on the daytime of Shabbat, there may be very little light in your house, because you're not lighting another candle, and the light that comes through the window may not be strong to read by. So you have to sit on your threshold, or later in the Mishnah, Alagag, on the roof, where there's plenty of light. The other piece of this is that what you're reading has been written on a scroll. This is a little surprising as well. Is he reading from a Sefer Torah, from the five books of Moses, as they would be read, as they would be read in a Beit Knesset, in a synagogue? Or is he reading some of the other writings that are mentioned back in the 16th parak of Shabbat when we talk about what writings could be saved from a fire? Or even writings that were oral Torah written down, which we know from elsewhere in the Talmud is actually forbidden until we reach such a time when there was no choice and certain writings had to be written down. It's not specified here. All we know is that they're called Kitve HaKodesh and that they're treated with a certain kind of holiness. But what I find amazing about this is that it's both the physical danger of sitting on your threshold holding the scroll physically as well as the idea 
of the rabbi's own misgivings about writing down these writings in the first place. When you have Torah and it's taught orally, it can't fall into the wrong hands, or, as we might say, the wrong domain. Now that it's been written down, it's in danger of physically rolling into the wrong domain, just as the rabbis are afraid that it might fall into the wrong hands, those who do not understand it the way it could be understood if it was taught from generation to generation, from rabbi to rabbi to teacher to student. And I think about what we do as we study this daily daf differently. We are, in a way, taking that risk, although we do it willingly, of sitting on the threshold, on the very border between the inside and outside in our culture, taking the risk as we see our Torah, our Talmud, our holy writings, our holy scriptures and holy texts that could roll into the public domain, maybe not necessarily running to retrieve them, but also this sugya should make us mindful that that risk is at least being taken, even if we're doing it willingly. We also have an incredible convenience at our fingertips. We have many books written down. It's hard to think of our people as being a people without books written down, not just the five books of Moses or the entire Tanakh, but all of the oral Torah in bookshelves full of Talmud as we have them now open before us studying this stuff differently or otherwise. As I'm studying and I see the books around me that are open, I think about how our sugya about not leaving those holy writings exposed has been taken as saying that books should not be left open. Well, now that we have books everywhere, or even forget about books, we have the pages on the internet, we have all of the resources, are we taking seriously enough the responsibility that that calls upon us to take from that convenience of having these books, not just not to leave them open in a way that's disrespectful, not just to make sure they're closed and put away on the bookshelf, but really treated with respect and with a sense of what's at stake as we sit and read our holy books on the threshold. I hope you've enjoyed today's episode of Daily Daf Differently and that you'll join us again tomorrow for a new page. The music at the opening and close of this episode is Ufros from the Epichorus album One Bead, available on Bandcamp, iTunes, and Spotify.